Now, though we should be talking about the things that I'm thankful for, I'm going to start with this. We're going to lead it off. I'm thankful for LeBron James coming to the Lakers. Now, people who know me know that I was one of those people who said LeBron was not coming here. Why should he come here? A little to my surprise, he came here. And I'm not necessarily, I wasn't excited, but I wasn't opposed either. And then it surprised me even more when he signed a four-year contract. That's all right or whatever. But what I'm saying is I'm thankful for him coming here to Los Angeles because he has been single-handedly changing the culture of this whole team. Now, arguably, you can say they're going to make trades and, you know, Brandon Ingram on the block and then, you know, and then you see that Brandon, uh, Bradley Bill, my bad, Bradley Bill is up on the trading block because DC is doing a fire sale, which is sad in the case of Dwight Howard because they just got him and he just signed. Better luck, better luck next time, man. Anyway, but what I'm saying is just like he, LeBron is changing the culture of this Los Angeles team and I'm thankful that the Lakers could be a lot more competitive because it's been a little bit, you know, we've been seeing disappointments and, you know, LA is not used to this type of disappointment. And to my surprise, the Clippers and the Lakers are really good. Mark my words, I really feel like that one's going to be a lower seed and another one's going to be a higher seed and they're going to be both in the playoffs. Mark my words. But I'm thankful for that. What are you thankful about? I don't care. I just know I'm thankful for it. And then one could also say that I am thankful for, and this is really disrespectful. This is disrespectful for the Los Angeles Rams. All right. Everybody know how it is in Los Angeles. There's so many other things for us to do. I preach it all the time that we will not go to your games. If you suck, we will buy your jersey and we'll gladly go to a Buffalo Wild Wings or a Yard House or any other sports bar and watch your game instead of paying about 100 to 200 dollars just to see you suck we won't do it we'll do it at the beach we'll go everywhere else because la has so many other things to do but i'm thankful for the rams being so awesome because you know it gives us something to look at and especially if especially the game that happened on monday night between the between the chiefs and the rams now granted it looked like a college basketball score and it looked like defense didn't exist or maybe the offense had so much the two offenses were so so great that the defense couldn't catch up but they made plays at the right time especially in the last two minutes but I'm thankful for that and I could put the Chargers in there because I'm thankful in a sense for LA sports because they being these two teams have become so so uh competitive you know and both of them are going to be forces to be reckoned with and it's going to be awesome to see 
uh, two football teams that just came to LA make the playoffs. That would be really, really awesome to see. And I'm excited to see more. And last but not least, the Dodgers. Even though they broke our hearts the past couple of years, but what are the odds that you have a team that make it to the World Series twice in a row? Two years in a row. The Dodgers have seriously been progressing throughout the years, whether it being a wild card round and then get out um, divisional divisional round and get out championship round and get out and then you have now you have two straight world series rounds and they ended up getting out you know I look at the whole thing as even though you know last year they should have won but you know pitching and uh, we of course we blamed it on all on you Darvish which I still do but I don't care what anybody says I still do um, this time was Kershaw, and I'm glad he's still with the squad, but at the same time. and Oh, yeah, and their small ball situation. But how hard is it in a league like the Major, like the major League Baseball to go two years in a row, two consecutive years to the Super Bowl? Not Super Bowl, I'm stupid. <laughs> two consecutive years. To the World Series, it's unheard of, especially in these times. Now they got beat by a really, really good team, a really good, smart team, by a rookie manager. And much love to them. Much love to Boston Red Sox. But I'm thankful that the Dodgers are competitive, and I hope and pray that next year will be the third one in a row. And this time they come with victory. Now, though we should be talking about the things that I'm thankful for, I'm going to start with this. We're going to lead it off. I'm thankful for LeBron James coming to the Lakers. Now... People who know me know that I was one of those people who said LeBron was not coming here. Why should he come here? A little to my surprise, he came here. And I'm not necessarily, I wasn't excited, but I wasn't opposed either. And then it surprised me even more when he signed a four-year contract. That's all right or whatever. But what I'm saying is I'm thankful for him coming here to Los Angeles because he has been single-handedly changing the culture of this whole team. Now, arguably, you can say they're going to make trades and, you know, Brandon Ingram on the block. And then, you know, and then you see that Brandon uh, Bradley Bill, my bad, Bradley Bill is up on the trading block because D.C. is doing a fire sale, which is sad in the case of Dwight Howard because they just got him and he just signed. Better luck, better luck next time, man. Anyway, but what I'm saying is it's like he 
LeBron is changing the culture of this Los Angeles team, and I'm thankful that the Lakers could be a lot more competitive because it's been a little bit. You know, we've been seeing disappointments, and you know, LA is not used to this type of disappointment. And to my surprise, the Clippers and the Lakers are really good. Mark my words, I really feel like that one's going to be a lower seed and another one's going to be a higher seed, and they're going to be both in the playoffs. Mark my words. But I'm thankful for that. What are you thankful about? I don't care. I just know I'm thankful for it. Yo, what's up? This is Drew. I know it's been a minute since I've been around, but you know, a lot of things has happened. LeBron to the Lakers. LeBron to the Lakers. LeBron to the Lakers and the Dodgers losing again. But you know, there's things to be thankful of, and this is Thanksgiving Eve, you know, so we go about to talk about that. So join me in a little bit as we talk about this. Come on, let's go. Alright, so I'm back. I'm so mad that earlier when I had like a room full of people that we didn't have this shit rolling. But we had like a really good conversation. Anyway, I got my boy Evan over here. What's up? And if you know me, you know one thing that I really talk about and I'm really passionate about is about R&B. And why is it pissing me off so much right now? And there's other people that it pisses them off right now. <laughs> I have people who I blame and I kind of go from there. But this new wave, I can kind of I can kind of fuck with. It's just certain people that I can fuck with. But anyway, me and E, we always have this we always have these type of conversations and we always say that we wish that it could be recorded. Well, now it's being recorded. <laughs> so, if you want to know who Evan is, Evan has been my best friend since I can fucking remember. And we've we've done music. We damn near know each other's voices to the point where it's like, it's weird. <laughs> um, we We have slightly different views of certain things, but we kind of meet each other in the middle. We always do it. But this is basically my writing partner and everything. So, Evan, here you go. <laughs> now, Evan, in your opinion, what fucked up R&B? Okay, no, no. Before we hold up, I just tried to cut straight to the chase. Went straight to the chase, and I know you was. <laughs> I was about to rip. He was about to rip. But okay. When was it last? When was the last thing that was that made you excited about R and B? Not around this time, but what? like b- before before it had that drop off. Shit! What what was the last one? Man, I can't. You know what? That, that's kind of hard. Cause because let me, let me let me look. You know the last person that really made me think R and B like man, this is some cool was. 
was honestly Emily King to be thinking about it. Yeah. Because after I, I started drift, like drifting away after that because I didn't feel like people were putting in the type of effort that that it deserved. Like, yeah, there was a lot of people who appreciated R&B and they were still doing it, but the evolution of R&B overall just conjoined into hip-hop. And then hip-hop went pop. And now we at where we at now. Where most of your... Right now, most of your favorite R&B artists are actually hip-hop artists. Which is true. Just really think about it. Which is true, but if you ask ask them... If you say like like for instance, I looked at an interview with Ty Dolla Sign, mm-hmm. and he said one of the things that annoys him is when somebody says that he he's a rapper, and I'm like, but you use rap cadences, yeah. But you but remember we was talking earlier. I already told you who I blame for all the rap. Oh cadences. yeah, R. Kelly. I, yeah, I blame R. Kelly, and I have been blaming R. Kelly. Is R. Kelly great at what he's done? Yes, he put out some classics out there. Yes. 12 Play and and TP2.com are my two favorite from him. Mm. But this dude, the rap cadences we've been using, it went it it evolved to the stuff right now. Whether you see him and then you then you Trey Songs did it when he came out. And then or or you got the dream. The dream went went all the way there with it. The yeah. dream birthed Jeremiah. And then where with birth a lot of these other dudes right now. So, I mean, it's just the rap cadences. It 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 kind of killed. It's not it's not R and B. You get what I mean? Yeah, they, and that was the thing. Like I said, it it merged into R and B. R and B and hip hop merged, and then the hip hop elements took over. Because most of the singers ain't really well. No, no, most of the singers ain't singing no more. Like and, and you know, funny, there's a difference. There. It, it is a difference, and yeah. you don't and you don't want to turn around and say you don't want to turn around and be like that guy, like that old head. Get off my lawn. You yeah. don't want to be that, but it's true. You like you don't want to turn into your parents yeah. because you you know you, our parents were saying like you know when when you know when we was listening to like people like Usher or Glenn Lewis or all of them. We when we was listening to them, you know, our parents was like, none of them can sing like this, and they yeah. talking about Marvin Gaye, and yeah. you know, they talking about Stevie Wonder, or you know, the OJ's, or whomever, you know. You know what? I, I just hit it. Last person whose R and B album, even though it wasn't the greatest album, whose album actually made me like excited to listen R and B, L Varner's verse album, Perfectly Imperfect, because she was singing. The girl I, I get you, I get you hopped that. on that and was singing. And that's what's missing right now is they no singers. Ain't nobody really up there throwing down. Like you got the Kaliuchis, you got the LMIs, you got you got a lot of singers who are just kind of lazy singing. Or, you know, they're not really throwing it out there, like using their voice to their full ability. See now other people that are listening to this will, will turn around and say, Okay, what about her? Her if you listen to her her first album, she was guilty of that. I ain't even gonna front. She was guilty. She has of, the of, voice of the of the of the rap cadences. Yeah, the rap cadences of the somewhat lazy down. Well, I won't even say lazy. The down the down tempo kind of voice, where instead of just you know blowing it out like like an R&B singer or like the gospel roots, because R&B singers before us. Had gospel and jazz roots, so they were used to hopping on stage and 
going for it. Now, don't get it wrong. No, no, don't get it twisted. I really love her. Yeah. I but she really love compared her. to the like, full power she can bring to a track. She always gives it about, I would say about forty five percent of that. I'm not gonna lie. I, I I hate to say this, but charge it to the game. Yeah, I'm like like I I hate to say it, but charge it to the game because because of the fact that because of the fact that I felt like there's a there's a there's a I was about to say potential. Because not a potential because she is. There's a musician under there that will blow you yeah. away. Yeah. If she goes into if she goes into you know how they talk about twenty percent of your brain? Yeah. If she goes into like seventy five percent, she will blow yeah. you away. Or like um what's the chick? Now. Yeah. Now, yeah, she's got that crazy high pitched voice, but when you hear her full range go at it, it's like, whoa, what is this chick? And that's those kind of singers ain't there. And honestly, and some people may disagree with me, but anybody who knows me knows that I grew up listening mostly to female singers. Mm-hmm. It was the men who fell off first. We ain't had a dude that can really get on the mic and blow your blow your head off in a while. And the ones who are floating around, like Luke James, they ain't doing it. They ain't doing it. It's either you singing old retro neo Motown stuff or you ain't singing at all. So the guys fell off first. Most of them start doing hip hop or half rapping. The half rap, half singing. Like, even somebody I really like. When you really listen to it, Anderson Pat goes back and forth between rapping and singing. You got rap cadences. Yeah. But you end up, because, because of the musician in you is around, you tend to... Um, you 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 love the project. Yeah. And so I love the project, but we don't have any men who are throwing it down vocally. And once the men started trailing off, because who was the last dude who you could say was just like on top tier in the pop in popularity, not in talent, but in popularity, who was the last popular dude who really had a voice that made everybody stop and go, oh, sh- what the hell? Besides Neo and Chris Brown? I wouldn't even say Chris Brown. But I, but I, but I, but I, but I, but I would say, but, but I would like, say Neo. I would yeah. say Neo. But look, but Chris Brown. But here's the thing: Chris Brown kind of evolved with the time too. And like, because if we talk about if we talk about first album Chris Brown or first or second album Chris Brown, it's one thing. But he now, never really had that voice though. Like he see. But here's the thing: Chris Brown could really sing though. Uh, I disagree. I, like I I'm not saying he was bad. I just don't think when I think. If you put Neo and Chris Brown on the same track, actually, wasn't there a remix with Neo and Chris Brown on the same track, and Neo blew Chris Brown <laughs> out so bad? No, 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 that wasn't, no, 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 that wasn't it. I don't think that track exists. I think, I think it was one time uh, we did a... No, uh, it was, was it Neo and Usher? No, 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 it was a Marion, it was a Marion and... It was a Marion and Usher. It was the remix to uh, oh, Icebox. Yes. And and Usher, Usher murdered a Marion. On his own track. Oh, man. It was okay. like, I remember right. that. So Usher was up there. And I've yeah. never even been like a massive, massive fan of the Usher voice. But, but, but you but can the, tell but the, a but, singer versus a dude who sings. <laughs> you <laughs> like, mean a singer, yeah. yeah. A singer versus yeah. a singer. And a Marion. Like, yeah, a Marion got blown out by Usher. And Usher was never actually really known for his voice. He was but, known but, for everything, but that's the difference between somebody but, who can sing 
and somebody who sang. See, but the thing is about the thing is about Usher, because if you look at like the My Way album Usher, and you go into like later on Usher, like now Usher, he's a lot more vocally like yeah there, and he was doing riffs that he wasn't doing when he was younger, and like you know you gotta charge that to charge that to to the training and this that another, and he is one of the greats, man. But man. I could have swore Neo and Chris Brown did a song. You looking that shit up right now? I'm looking at it right now. (laughs) Yeah, see, I don't know. It's so glad, but that's not what I'm thinking. I don't, yeah, I'll figure it out. Yeah, but it's just one of those things. I like, it's just, you're right that a lot of the male singers kind of fell off. And that's why this new wave, and I said this new wave is coming. And people, and I feel like pretty soon they're gonna allow ballads back on the radio. It's but, not even ballads. It's it's really. Well, they don't do slow songs on the radio yeah, at all they anymore. Don't do slow because nobody wanna listen to those slow songs. Like at the end of the day, you can say whatever you want about the music industry. At the end of the day, but honestly, when it comes down to it, the fans fuck it up for everybody. We've been saying that for a long time. Yeah. The fans fuck it up. Why do you think? Why do you think? Why do you think the last comic standing doesn't doesn't trust America anymore? They pick up themselves. They pick the winner. Yeah. They pick the winner themselves because they said, uh, they said, they said we don't trust America. We don't trust America's votes. Honestly, I wouldn't trust America's vote, especially after the twenty sixteen election. But that's another thing. <laughs> I wouldn't even go there. I'm but going there. God damn it. it. But I'm just saying. But that's another thing. I mean, being real though, it's like people. There's a certain group of people, I couldn't tell you, begin to tell you how big this group of people are. There's a certain group of people who understand music, and they're connoisseurs of music. And they're the people who, who are actually listening and trying to find gems among music, among the, the, the currently out there artists, right? And then there's the rest of the people who are listening to whatever is popular, whatever gets played on the radio. Their entire musical knowledge is determined by what's on the radio. Mm-hmm. The second group is much larger than the former. The latter group is much larger than the former. There's only a, there's only it's a relatively small group of people who are actually actively searching for different music, and then there's everybody else who's just coming down and taking what they can get. And between those two, you got record labels. You got the music business, where the business of promoting music, and they get to choose what gets popular, and they've, like with movies, they've trained the audience to look for a certain thing, to respond to a certain thing. Yeah. And what we need, is what I said before, what we need is the music equivalent to Cannes Film Festival, to Sundance, a place where anybody can get up there, and people who are really paying attention can find it yeah. and listen to and listen to it. Yeah, because right now we're just stuck with um like we live in Los Angeles. So on the LA radio is more so like eight songs. Well, no. Let um, let me be real. 12 songs on the playlist per hour and probably mm-hmm. Drake is on four of them. <laughs> That's all I listen to the radio. Honestly, I ain't listened to radio in so long. My all my all my interaction with music is now is, is now through Spotify. Spotify. And you know and that and that's another thing. I really love Spotify. I really love Spotify because it really opened me up to 
to other things other than the stuff that I was listening to, listening to that's not R&B or it like there's times where you just want to listen to like just just house music yeah. but kind of soft house you like you, I'm like cuz a lot of times you don't want to listen to stuff like that. Yeah. But you know it you know it, it can be fixed. But we just have to make it happen. You know, we'll come back and try to talk about how we can fix all this. <laughs> all right, man. Yeah. All right, so now we're back. All right, so we were talking about what went wrong. Now, how do we fix this shit? Just like I introduced at the end. Honestly, we need curators. And not music business curators. Artistic curators. Like, and that's not even a solution. Honestly, that's bit that's a bit of a stopgap. Yeah. Because even when we talk about the film festival route where a film that nobody didn't seen can make it all the way up to the Oscars. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Maybe we do need that kind of curation. I don't... I see the flaws in it. It's always an industry where everybody's trying to pull their things and trying to make their money. Because there's a lot of money in it. Yeah, there's a lot of money well, in it. Well, it's not as much as it used to be, but you know what no, I mean. No, no, there's still a ton of money in it. That's the it's thing. Just, it's just a lot of the servers are getting on the yeah. money. Like, so with movies, you have curators. You have a process that lets people go from the not really seen and heard all the way up to the top tier. We don't have that in music. The gatekeepers are the curators. The music, the record labels are the curators. The biggest revolution we've had is the fact that streaming took off to such a point that that smaller artists are on a relatively equal standing to larger ones. Relatively is a big term there, though. Because you gotta because whatever you put in is what you're gonna get. Yeah. You gotta work hard. Well, yeah, but not yeah. just that. Established acts are going to have it much easier, easier than new acts or already big acts. Like, nobody's going to match Beyonce on Spotify. Nobody's going to really match freaking Drake. Nobody's going to match yeah. Drake. Yeah. Nobody's going to come out the gate and be able to pull those type of numbers on their first album or even their second album or even their third album as Beyonce can do with, what, her seventh, sixth, seventh yeah. album? Like, nobody can match... We're not going to match those numbers. Established players are going to always have the advantage. But now, that advantage isn't purely monetary anymore. Yeah. Like, like, you can't just say... Well, no, actually, I would flip that. I would say it's purely monetary now. Beyonce has more money to spend on promotion and her persona. But now, that money and the power that comes with it doesn't completely override everybody else yeah because back then you needed back then you'd like you didn't even have like studios in the house yeah you had to you have to pay for you have to pay for an actual studio yeah and then you have to pay for and then you have to actually press copies in order to get stuff out yeah you you don't necessarily really have to do that anymore infrastructure advantage yeah that's that's what that's what we're thinking of there's an infrastructure advantage to being on a big label with big time now your advantage is promotional when you are a big artist with a lot of money you have a promotional advantage over everyone else 
But promotions work differently on the internet. Yeah. Because as long as enough people find you, you can get right up there with them. You can get right in their face. A lot of people like to say that Beyonce just gets by on her name. But all she did was shift her promotion to after she released it. Mm-hmm. And let people write about it. She puts out a new album. She put like, her last couple albums, what, been surprise albums? Yeah. She put it out. Everybody talks about it. Everybody talks about it. You think none of those reviewers are getting paid for that? None of them. Mm. Real. Mm. A lot of them I mean, are. I mean, Most but, of them are. See, but she, it I ain't mean, passing word yeah. of mouth. I mean, but the, see, but you know, she does have a shitload of fans. Doesn't take care of doesn't that doesn't take away that doesn't take away from that. But it's like it's, it's <clears> like if we're gonna go political, it's the Trump effect. People talking is free advertising. That's true. And then a f- couple of those people who talking was getting paid to talk. Was getting paid to stir up some shit. We can, we can't sit here and act like it didn't happen because we know it happens. Mm-hmm. That promotional advantage is so great, but it's also the easiest thing to bridge. Because mm-hmm. once enough people hear you, it's gonna keep rolling. But you also gotta roll with it. You gotta keep it pushing too. You can't just go, oh, I got my album out there. People don't heard of me. I'm good. Nah, you gotta keep it moving. Gotta keep moving. You gotta find that thing that make people want to come back and see you again, talk to you again, hear you again. Like, you know, one of my favorite artists right now is Lewis Cole. He does not have the promotional strength of every other per of most of the big artists out there. But he's so good that you can't deny it. And when he does get on social media, or like him when he was his work with Genevieve and Noah, their promotion was really weird music videos yeah well that's continuous promotion because every time somebody comes across the government knows video look that up i might even go tell you about it look it up every time somebody comes by goes by nowhere's the government knows video they're gonna remember that's a nowhere and then you look at the other videos and you realize they all got this quirky thing that is constant promotion while still being true to themselves Mm -hmm. so they don't have to spend billions of dollars or millions of dollars just promoting themselves they themselves and the way they present themselves is their promotion so every artist got to do that how are you presenting yourself is your promotion opportunity now see so we so when people turn around and they look at r&b they always say oh yeah it died and it's that another which yeah it did but it's just like but i felt like the only way that this stuff would ever get fixed is if somebody young is done do it because if you have an old head like me or you do it we're going straight to adult contemporary yeah like they they we won't get we won't be able to touch urban radio stations but the the thing is Uh even even with that though you gotta think what happened to the promotion of these guys they're Like, like they don't they're freaking scared. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I think because we got. I mean, part of it was a, the the identity of the R and B dude. Let's just say the R and B dude, because really, even though women are what stick out the most when it comes to R and B, the R and B dude is where the barometer is. You had the 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 Motown R and B dudes, and then you got in the eighties with Luther Vandross and all this, and then you got the nineties. Where every dude became the '90s, especially the late '90s, where every dude 90s, became. '90s, '90s, everybody, everybody begged. 
Yeah, everybody um, big. But then the two thousands, everybody become a monogamous player. Player, thank you. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say you knew where I was going. Yeah, yeah. The monogamous player. player. Now you have the monogamous player. Where do you go from there? Now, now you're like now it's like the hood. Now you're like the hood person who just want to smash. Well, the, the well, I mean, unless yeah. you're thinking like what's yeah. his name, sir, or Daniel Caesar, where well, they ain't hood. They, see, but that's they do. See, 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 but see, but that's one of the things. See, but that's one of the things that I was saying. Like, it would have to be out of that group of people who's going to who who would save something like that because they have the radio. So, like, you we're talking like between seventeen and twenty-four. That's what I mean by that. But even but the, looking at those two dudes I just named, Sir and Daniel Caesar, part of the reason why. As great as they are, they're not going to be the biggest thing ever. Or I don't think they're going to be the biggest thing ever. Let me not cut it off like that. It's because they're the thing that defines them isn't Austin. Yeah, isn't their look or their or their person or this massive personality. The thing that defines them is actually how downplayed they are, like how real they are with each other and with um, how real they are with themselves in their relationship. They talk about relationships in terms, not in terms of, oh, let's go jetting across to, to overseas. They're not doing the old school Bruno, what Bruno Mars is doing, which is the old school, I'm, I'll take you everywhere. They're doing the, yo, we in these streets and we just trying to live don't get and me we wrong. just trying to love. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. See, and that's a different conversation. But Bruno Mars is like the only motherfucker that's actually out there mainstream that's doing R&B and they hate to say it, but he is. He is, but he's and also doing an older form. He's doing an older form that everybody says that they miss. And this is one of the things that, like, people can, like, I've had, I had, I had friends of mine, even, like, friends that have been on this podcast before, that was, like, like, that, that would turn around and say, that said, you know, like, they'll kind of look at it like, you know, he's taking one thing or another. He, he's taking, he's taking that style. But I'm of the, I'm of the thing over that I'm saying, that I'm saying that, we would um we say that we want we miss every look anytime i ever play something r&b-ish like any say anytime we say that i'm like like i play r&b older r&b someone comes up to me and says man i love that song i wish i wish we were doing stuff like this you know what stuff i'm playing joe case i'm playing old music soul child i'm playing glenn lewis and i'm playing stuff like that and and then then you end up seeing like dude white people coming around talking about man i remember when it was like this man i love this stuff and i'm like it's funny this is what bruno mars did yeah you find look the best, Bruno, the best, the Bruno best, Mars, the best way to make a business. But Bruno Mars, Bruno he's Mars a has really, the, he's he a, a really good musician. Though, he's a man. good musician, but he's also a big personality. Yes. Right now, who's the other big personalities in music? <clears throat> the big they, R and B dudes. They, they're not R and B. They're not singing. They're not singing. They're not singing. They're, they're not, not singing. Big they're personality. Rapping. They're not big they're, they're, presentation. Yeah, they're, they're not rappers, singing. They're rapping. That's a totally different story, too. By definition, rappers have to be have to have this big personality in order to be seen. Like there are some great rappers who just don't have big personalities, 
And by personality, I don't mean their personal, like, personality, the way they are as a person, but the way they present themselves as an artist. Yeah. You're big. The bigger your personality, the more attention you're going to get. The two guys I mentioned, Daniel Caesar and Sir, these are not big personalities. They're great musicians. They're great writers. They're just excellent, but they're contained. And because they're so contained and so controlled and so grounded, they're not going to reach that. They you can't. Know, it, it's very difficult you, for them you, to reach that you, big stage. You know what personality? We need a big personality that you, has all that talent. You know personality who they like really remind me of? Who? Music Soul Child. Yeah. Because he's like, his like, his, his demeanor was just so chill. chill. <laughs> he was so chill. But you know, I don't know. It's the way... Like it per, we're, right now, the music business, which has always been in one form or another, even going as far back as classical music, because Mozart was a big was a big personality. Yeah, personalities was gonna save the day. Personality is what defines your place in music. So you Taylor gotta... Swift has a big personality. She may not seem like she has a big personality, but everybody talks about Taylor Swift like she doesn't have a big personality, but she does. She's always had a big persona, and that's what they stick with. So, knowing that that's the big persona, maybe that's the wrong word saying personality, their persona is big. And without a big persona, you're not going to draw a lot of attention to yourself. That's why you hear more about Jay-Z and Beyonce than J. Cole and her. You even hear more about, you don't, you hear more about her because people are trying to figure out what she's about and then she'll start putting stuff in her lyrics that make you go whoa who's she calling out right now uh-huh. who's she talking about it, it it's so personal that people have to pay attention to it mm-hmm. and so our person our personas and the personalities of the artist is what's going to define the day and the next artist the next r&b dude who comes out with a persona and a personality that draws attention it's going to be the dude that make it. With undeniable talent like yeah. that, will really do it. Yeah. And that and that would be the breadwinner of the whole thing. And then everybody will become carbon copies. Yeah. And then guess what? R&B's back. Because <laughs> you know that's the way it works. Even though <laughs> that makes me kind of wonder because is it really going to be a bunch of carbon copies? Cause let's no, be real. no, no, no. After like, mm-hmm. even though you wouldn't know, it's it's a little bit of a stretch to call Sam Smith R and B, but he's so R and B centered that you would. It makes me wonder. After the success of Sam Smith, what happened to all the carbon copies? Yeah. So, like, like what I mean, like what I mean by carbon copies is because people will feel like it, if this person becomes an extra out superstar, like like Beyonce, big. Yeah, but like Beyonce, big. I'm um, in a sense of that, and you have this male artist that's like that. Then you're gonna have other people coming out like that. It's gonna force. It's gonna either open the door for other ones, or it's gonna force other people <laughs> to come out. Him. <laughs> <laughs> let me shut up. I'm gonna stop let, there. Let me go stop I'm there. Stop. <laughs> let me go stop there. Since we was talking about her. Yeah. We gonna stop there. Well, anyway, <laughs> thank you for listening. Um, we'll be back soon. <laughs> All right. Back on Yeah, I Said It. That's what this is called. Yeah, I Said It. Here we go. Thank you.